There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 590 at Midnight's Going to New York next week. So our set will look different. The guests will be some people who've never been on before because they're on the far east coast from where we tape the At Midnight program, which is on the far left coast of the United States. It's very, and there's no way to – it's impossible. It takes days by wagon, weeks even, to get from one coast to the other. So some of these people have never been on the program. So uh, we're very excited. At Midnight from New York next week uh, on Comedy Central, this, which is Clive Barker. Now, this is a very interesting – podcast uh, because it's in two parts. The first part was recorded in September of 2013. Uh, we went to, Katie and I went to Clive's house, and um, which is amazing, by the way. It's so, it's so good. There's like secret rooms, and there's like, uh, there's dick sculptures on the walls, and there's, it's tons of his paintings, and it, it's, the house is exactly what you would think Clive Barker's house would be. And uh, so we went and met with uh, Mark Miller, who is the vice president of Seraphim Films and who is a, one of Clive's closest. I mean, Mark's pretty much family. Mark's actually also part of the podcast. But here's the interesting story. Um, a handful of months before this podcast from last year, uh, Clive went to the dentist. Something happened. He came home and went into a coma. And it was a mystery illness, apparently. He doesn't know what happened, but he was in a coma, and he came out of the coma, and he was really messed up. And so he had essentially been convalescing in his home, and uh, and so a lot of this podcast is, uh, in the beginning, is, is, is just talking about the story, because he hadn't really talked about it in depth. And... We get about halfway through the podcast, and, you know, he was, um, he just wasn't feeling that great, because even just sort of getting up and getting around daily was uh, was difficult after after the illness. And so he was kind enough to give us, you know, even I think like 40 minutes of his time. And he said, hey, you know, can we break this into two parts? Can you come back later? And we said, sure. And just because our schedules weren't lining up, it was almost a year close to the day, actually, <laughs> from the last time we were there. Uh, Clyde was doing a lot better. He was painting all the time now. Um, He's also been uh, celebrating the director's cut of Nightbreed, which is out on DVD and Blu-ray now. They found all this footage that had been lost for 25 years and re-edited the film. Because Clive wasn't really super satisfied with the way the original version turned out. So they, you know, he and Mark worked together and they really uh, just redid, redid this film. And now uh, it's, it's out. And... It was really an amazing journey with him and how intimate he was willing to let us be in terms of 
what he went through and what he was feeling and, you know, how he was processing everything. And, you know, you can really tell that Mark really is, I mean, they might as well be family. And so it was a very touching story, but uh, Clive is a wonderfully sweet man. And it's, uh, it's sort of a testament to <laughs> the indomitable spirit of someone who just must keep creating no matter what, you know, painting, uh, writing, it's, it's what's kept him going and he's doing a lot better now. And so most of the way through the podcast, you'll hear the podcast chime and that will signal the jump from 2013 to the check-in at 2014. So here's the nurse podcast, um, with the very sweet and lovely and thankfully okay Clive Barker, who by the way, drew a dick in my book. We have a podcast guest book. And I've been having everyone sign the guest book for the last couple months, and we're going to auction it off for charity at some point. So Clive drew a giant dick in the book. And then the next several things that people signed after that involved dicks, except for Nick Frost, who drew a vagina and then wrote actual size underneath it. So here's the uh, Clive Barker podcast number 590. Now entering Nerdist.com. We're now in your main house. We were in your other house, yes. which was sort of the, which was kind of like the, um, the, the work castle. Well, they're both work castles, really. They're just different kinds of work. Uh, you know, this is this is the place where I write. This room is the, where I write, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the all my research stuff is here. All my texts are here. You know, past texts now, um, and. Uh, I paint and, and write here while I while I'm recovering from from, from being ill. So I, I've, I've had to sort of uh, what's the word? Sort of draw my horns in a little bit mm-hmm. uh, while I've been recovering. So because it's it's just uh, everything is sort of you know when you get sick for anything for any reason everything is more effort. Yes. You know, and you just don't want to. I don't want to waste energy uh, uh, going somewhere. I just I prefer to just you know. Stumble out of bed and literally go to go right behind you and start writing. Right. Or as today has been, because I haven't felt good at all. I I just been writing, you know, here. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, there are little tests, little tests of uh, the tests of how badly you really want to do this. I think you know. I mean, I think all artists are tested all the time by how much you really want to do this. Because I don't, I don't think there are many artists who would say, hand on heart, this is easy. Yeah. I just don't think there are. I mean, if they say it's easy, they're not. They're, they're faking it. Or something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, or the work's not good. Right. Right? So you feel like you always have to be challenged or it has to feel a little... Like, it should feel a little heavy lifting because you're pushing yourself all the time? Wow, that's... Yes, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of what you said there that... that let's go through that a bit. Okay. Uh, I, yes, I try and push myself, uh, but, you know, there's a level at which pushing yourself too hard is just masochism. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I'm a masochist, so why not? <laughs> the, 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 uh, I find uh, I find when I push myself hard, the, the work is better. But um, on occasion, it can also be uh, depressing. You get to a point of, of you, you can't push yourself so hard that you repeatedly fail, because that's just that just is you know just puts you in a black place, in a, in a, in a dark place. 
So somehow or other, it's about judging your, your, your skills, I think, and saying, well, what can I reasonably achieve? You know? And uh, you went to see some of the paintings next door, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. There are, which, of which I can't even describe to people how many paintings there are. I mean, just like stacks and stacks and yeah. stacks of paintings. There's about a thousand, I think, and most of them are in storage. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest of those is 25 feet long and 12 feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 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 uh, those that that's that's at the very limit of what I could do as a, a single person. You know, a 25 foot painting, 12 by 25 was just like okay, this is this this is as much as I could ever do. Uh, uh, and, and those numbers of paintings were, I think, as much as I could do. I mean, they really squeezed me dry. Yeah. On the other hand, having done them, I felt like, well, uh, now I have the basis to, to, to tell a huge story because I, they, they, were, they were illustrations for a, for a book, that, or books, as it turned out, five books, uh, the Aberat series, which I did not know uh, I was going to write until I started painting these pictures. And then they, the pictures appeared and it seemed like, ah, these want to be something. They want to tell more of a story. They want to tell more of a story. Absolutely. And they want to tell a different kind of story than the stories I'd hitherto been telling, which were very, very dark. Do you write to get away from painting or paint to get away from writing? Or, like, is one of them a break or are they both work or are they recreational none, anyway? None of it's work. None it's of all work. work. None, none of it's work. work. None of it's work. No, no, no. None of it's work. I've never worked. Well, that's good. You don't work, do you? No, I don't no. feel like I do. As a matter of fact, I just constantly feel like... I shouldn't be allowed to do what I Somebody's do. Somebody's going to tap you on Someone's the shoulder. Someone's tapping on the shoulder. Right, 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 right. I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chris, it's... what do you think you're doing? Yeah, where's, exactly. Where's, where's, your, where's, your, where's your, your certificate of merit? You this, know? Won't, this won't do at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put it down. And how did you get into it just by passing? I mean, what, 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 you, you know, here you are, very successful. What, what, made, what, what made you think, this, I'm going to do this? I'm going to trust myself? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was always a huge comedy nerd, and so... Um, I, you know, I always wanted to pursue comedy, and and, right. and my parents were very supportive. And my dad left home when he was seventeen to go do what he wanted to do. And so my parents were not; they didn't have kind of the typical right. um, mandates of their generation, which was right. like, oh no, 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 no. Right. The, you, you, you know, you can have a hobby when you're young, but then when you're older, you take a shitty job. Like they were very much like, do, you know, you have to make yourself happy. So I, I they're, they're responsible for a lot of why that's, it even occurred awesome. to me that I could do my that's own awesome, thing. Isn't it? And, it and is rare, I think. Yeah, well, at least at that, certainly at that time, um, I think now this generation, everyone's like, hey, do whatever you want, you know, like uh, more, really? more so than when I was growing yeah. up. Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. I'm not sure that's true. I have a daughter of 24, 24 going on 25, and I think a lot of her contemporaries are under the same pressures that you 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 would have been under if you had less good parents. Yeah, I guess that's still, true. I mean, the economy is for shit. And in, under those circumstances, I think, you know, loving parents say, no, don't do something dangerous. Do something, you know, cautious. You know, because you, you don't, I don't mean physically dangerous, I don't mean working on an oil platform. I mean, you know, don't do anything that's going to risk your, 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 you know, your, 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 your. But ironically, I feel like taking, like, like doing, you know, doing work that you hate or staying in a situation that you hate is actually more risky. I, I, I agree. I, think. I agree, but I don't think the, the, the older generation necessarily sees it that way. No. I think, you know, they tend to say, well, Probably if you hate it, it's good for you. Yeah. But I also think that um, because people have such a direct connection to masses of other people, the way, yes. the, the way that we're, the way that we're all the connected. Internet kind of thing? Yeah, through the internet. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, um, that 
it's better, even though the economy is shit, I still feel like there are a lot of opportunities for people who want to reach people and do their own thing. Yes. More so than there would have been, Huge you know, 15, 20 Huge years more. ago. There are ways to sell your skills. Yeah. Yeah. But you still come back to the fact that the economy is shit. <laughs> There's only so much money. To There's only so there. much money that yeah, people yeah, can give you yeah. for things. Yeah. I think if you're willing to take a huge, the hugest risk is, I'm going to do this until it works for me. Yeah. And I'm never going to. am t- never going to. I'm never going to turn away from this. I'm always going to do this. I'm going to be like a you know rabid dog. I'm going to hold on to this with my, with my with my teeth yeah. fixed, and I'm not going to ever let go. I never worked for the man. You never worked for the man. But that was a hard thing to do. By the time I was reaching almost thirty, I was beginning to get very very anxious that I was not only never going to work to the man for the man. I was never going to eat. Well, that's a scary. Yeah, that's that's that's. When you're when you're approaching thirty, if you hit thirty and it's like in it and you don't feel like it's quite clicked, gelling, yeah, right? Yeah, that's sort of scary because that's that's the number where people are like thirty, huh? You yeah. gotta figure this shit out. But I still think that, you know, because I think a lot of people go, but what if I'm what if I pursue it my whole life and it never works out and I'm just an idiot for pursuing it and then I kind of feel like, well, wouldn't you rather go through and and, and be hopeful rather than just like just let your hope die? And then, you know, sort of live half a life not pursuing Point what you taken, want. but, but uh, uh, living with the death of your hope is not absolutely great either, I think. Right. You know, I think living living through, living through your life knowing that you, you wanted something greater and you've never achieved it. Right. Uh, yeah. Not great. No, no, I think we're, we're saying the exact same thing. Yeah. I, I would never, I mean, you know, I, for whatever reason, when I was, you know, sort of approaching 30... And then 31, I would, you know, kind of do these flash, these sort of like Ebenezer flash forwards. Right, 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 right. And see yourself. Chris's you know, future. Yeah, Chris future. You're like, yeah. you know, 75 years old and then you're, you're just sitting somewhere and you can't really do, you know, what you want to do. And then you're like, oh, if I'd only just, you know, I well, always. What, what would that only just have been? Uh, well, if I'd only just not been afraid to stick it out or pursue the things that I want or just try to make it happen. What if I, you know. Because I, I feel like I, I always have a big fear of regret. Of, of, oh, you know. the worst. Yeah, the, 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 fear, the, fear, the fear of future regret. Yeah, I never want to lie on my final pillow and go, shit. Yeah. If only I had done. Yeah. You know. And Craig Ferguson if only I had says. Good women. Craig Ferguson says. <laughs> Craig, if only I had had uh, a, a spy closet. You yeah, know, Craig, yeah, right, right. Craig Ferguson said uh, to me that he never regretted. How did he word it? It was really great. He said uh, he, he, he never regretted uh, going down a path or trying something, like, as opposed to not trying something. Well, you can't tell you. I mean, it would be foolish to, to you, after all, you've taken the path. Yeah. You know? I think the only bad path is the path which dissuades you from taking other paths. Right. Because you, you can, you know, you can get safe. And, and, and I guess the more success... Terror makes you safe. Fear makes you safe. Yes. And, and of course, at which... You know, I think it happens to a lot of people. The older you get or the more successful you get, it's like, oh, I don't want this to go away. And so then people stop taking risks or they get comfortable and, you know. I, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm too stupid to do that. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I continue to, you know, branch off into other places. You know, so writing horror and then writing fantasy and writing for kids and then painting and then making some movies and writing some plays. And, you know, we got to, you know... Uh, a play is going into rehearsal right now for, for, for next year, a big play. And, uh, you know, I made some movies. Yeah, I, I, I dance around everywhere. And 
you know, that's a recipe for failure, obviously, because you're not going to, not everything's going to work. Sure. But well, I think it's your diversifying, which is, which I think you have to do. And I think that's been the lesson of the, of the culture. The zeitgeist has been about the diversification. Absolutely. For the very reasons you talked about, you know, the, the internet being able to sort of show us options, various options we may not, may not even have thought about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've certainly, uh, I've become more, Courageous. We, as a company, have become more courageous about publishing the work, the work ourselves, for instance. You know, and we're looking to making some movies ourselves rather than having to go to these big studios who, who you know, don't really share the vision. No, <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, but I, I think um, I feel like it was a maybe in the mid two thousands. I. I'm not like a stock guy at all, but I, you know, one day I was in a bookstore and I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn about stocks. Why not? Um, and it, by the way, I still still haven't learned about stocks. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but uh, so I, re- you know, I read a couple of books, and then you know, I kept seeing this, you know, like diversification thing, and so I seeing that, that about- and that other sector was yeah, that's yeah. right about when I started. And so then I was kind of like, oh well, why couldn't you do that with you know your career? Like, why does it have to be money? Why couldn't you do that with your life? And, and have so- you done that? Do you think? Yeah, for there's no question. Yeah, there's no question. It's been good for you, obviously. It's been good, yeah, because. The, the good thing about career diversification, which doesn't happen with stock diversification, is that oftentimes if one area, if the water rises right. then in one area, right. then everything kind of goes up. So, right. it's, uh, so that's good. But you, um, just in terms of, like with fear, yeah. uh, speaking of what to be afraid of, you kind of got through the scariest thing anyone could ever have to go through. Um, which with the with the illness and the coma and, and I would love to talk about it with you a little bit. Uh, short, the short version is, is 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 probably as easy as anything. Um, there's a thing called toxic toxic shock syndrome. Yeah, TSA. Right, and uh, uh, I went to the dentist, which is a common way for males to get toxic shock. And uh, two hours later, came home and uh, didn't even have anything really bad going on at the dentist. It was a checkup, wasn't it? Yeah. Cleaning or something. Very routine. And uh, collapsed, and uh, woke up three and a half weeks later. Oh my god! Had three three uh, strokes, and then went into a coma. Oh my god! Three strokes. Did, were you aware that this was happening as it was happening, or you just? I was aware when I came out of it for the, for the three days that I came out of it that I was being delivered into living hell because I had. Ten IVs in me and th- three tubes up my nose and down my throat. And when you wake up and that's what's going on, you can't swallow and you can't breathe properly. And there are all these people with masks walking because I was in ICU walking around whose faces you can't see and you've never met before. I thought I was being tortured by either human beings with bad complexions or aliens, and you know that I was. It was horrible. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't swallow. I, I, I kept loosening my straps. And I eventually, eventually managed to do it labially. I actually managed to get some of the stuff away using my, using my mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah, by, by uh, getting the, the tubes out of my throat by just regurgitating them. Did they put you back under at that point? Yeah. They did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, did, uh, you, did, did you, you find him? Uh, no, I was uh, I was getting the text messages in real time saying something's going on. Uh, meet us here. Uh, you know we're being loaded in the ambulance now. Uh, he's having a seizure, 
and it, it was it was terrifying. This, you know, this is right after Christmas. Yeah. And, and it was. Uh, it wasn't great. Yeah. It wasn't great, and it, it you know it le- it's left me. I've left the house five times since I got I got out, which was nineteen months ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Nineteen months. So what is? I mean. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, we have sort of a, we have what you would call a, uh, a, a nerdy community who listens to the podcast. I'm sure there are a lot of hypochondriacs out there. And so to hear like, oh, fuck, going to the dentist can do that. Well, fuck that. I'm never going to, like, what was it? Did anything specifically happen or is it just, no? There's bacteria in our bodies, which, you know, which, which, which gathers in large amounts in various places. And sometimes it can be loosed quite accidentally into the bloodstream. And if it goes into the bloodstream in sufficient amounts, the 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 blood sort of convulses, the body convulses, and there is systemic breakdown. The whole the whole system goes, we're out of here, bye. And the chances of actually losing your life are very high. And, and when I actually did come out of all of this, seven doctors, who I was being looked after by seven doctors, each came in one by one and said, you should be dead. You should be dead. You should be dead. Absolutely just... Uh, Right. Well, yeah. Every day I came, uh, I thought, you know, you'd, I thought you'd be dead. Yeah. That was a nurse. That was, that was, yeah, that the, was the comforting the, thing. The, yeah. The doctors would say, you know, we expected an empty, empty bed every, every, every day. Oh my God! And did you, were you, you were, you weren't aware of anything at the time? Oh, like I was. Were, when I, about three when days, up, and, yeah. then, and then, and then, you know, uh, I'd lost. 35 pounds mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, I was incredibly weak couldn't stand uh, it was really really rotten <laughs> and, and then you know my fans my readers have been either wonderful or terrible terrible how yeah. so well some of them say they, they don't care that I've been there they just want the next book <laughs> and then if you're like when I've been sick they're like I'm just a fan you're like yeah I know you gotta give a guy a chance to recover from. Yeah, there are there are a lot of people who say, who completely understand. They say, you know, take your time, do it in your own time, do it the way you need to do it. Yeah, but there are an awful lot, Marcus. That's not true. Who are just, you know, willful sons of bitches who say we don't care about your illness. Just write the damn thing. Oh wow! How long before you were able to? How long before you could actually start writing again after the ordeal? <laughs> It was the next day. <laughs> <laughs> With tubes. <laughs> uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> well. Uh, but that's why, yeah, I had to get back on the horse immediately. I mean, but, you know, and it's interesting because I have been out of the house so little, I've written every, every single day since coming out of hospital. So that's 19 months of, of writing. And... You know, I, yes, I, I'm obsessive, but it does keep me sane. Well, Mark was saying that uh, he'll bring you, he'll sit down with you, and you're writing one <laughs> book with your left hand, and then writing a children's book with your right hand, and then doodling in, in the margins, and uh, then also pitching a movie idea with uh, your you mouth. You don't want to know what I'm doing with my dick. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's like, that can also have a paintbrush type. <laughs> Oh, that explains why you're able to get so much done. Exactly. You have a prehensile uh, cock, absolutely. which is a, okay, yeah, good. Just, just, you know, lean the canvas against the right angle. There was a there was a dick mold above a door in the other place, and I, I say asked. Say nothing. Say nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
behind your head right now that is uh, a boner with a flower in it. It's a, it's a beautiful picture. It's a great picture. Yeah. Why? Who needs vases? <laughs> <laughs> but no roses, please. No roses. No roses. No, roses. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no roses. Special occasions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Saturday's over. <laughs> Can we take a, a brief break? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. You, do, you, do. I need to... What's funny about that picture is there's so much detail... In this, you know, a rocking detail in this. Yeah. And I managed to get that through uh, through my publishers without anybody commenting on it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. Well, I guess if they if you build up a certain amount of cred at some point, they're going to be like, yeah, it's Clive. Yeah, but they hadn't actually they didn't know me at that point. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, I, but you, you're right, of course. If it was, if I had built up that amount of cred, but I actually hadn't. That was just a I was a, a neophyte and. Uh, but uh, I think it was something different. I think it was the English are too embarrassed about sex to mention it. <laughs> so they just do what sex, you know? Oh, and no. there's, there's, you know, there's, there's pussies, there's cocks, and there's there's, there's, there's buttholes in, you know, all, all of it. You know, we're talking about, you know, twenty or twenty or twenty five such orifices <laughs> in, in, the, in, the, in the in the in the picture. But then also that sort of like, I mean, this to me really kind of. So, like if I saw that picture, I would say oh, that looks like a Clive Barker thing because it's it's got the erotica, but it also has the skin and like the brain, right. and then, and then that sort right. of like gothic medical. Well, the, it's from a, the story is called The Age of Desire, and it's about aphrodisi- an aphrodisiac which gets out of control, yeah. and and it's a really. It, you know, I've always brought more sex into horror than I always brought more sex into horror than I think probably anybody had before me. Yeah, in, and I wrote, I wrote it graphically. You know, it wasn't written sort of in a sort of uh, uh, delicate, oblique kind of way. And so, uh, uh, when I was doing the covers, I thought, you know, I really want to make one painting which represents that kind of sexual energy, and uh, and so. And Age of Desire, you know, is, is about this guy who, who has this experimental aphrodisiac in him, which is multiplying in terms of its uh, uh, effici- uh, uh, effectiveness by the hour. Every hour it doubles in, in power. So his vision of, of, of the world becomes increasingly eroticized. It isn't, you know, he, he, you know, he... It's women, and then it's men, and then it's boys, and then it's you know, and then it's chickens, and then it's doorsteps, and then it's. And by the end, and I'm, I'm not kidding. By the end of the, by the end of the story, he has basically eroticized everything in the world. It's, it, it's a story about uh, the sanctity of of what is erotic, and that really, if we want to open our minds broadly enough to the possibility of what is tactile, what is joy. Giving, uh, what is sexy? 
Anything can be sexy uh, if you are open-minded enough. Now, did you know you were writing? Did you know that that's what it was that you were writing in those terms? Or did, or did you finish it and go, oh, I guess that's what this is about? It's usually about halfway through. Uh, I, I, something dawns on me that, that I, I mean, I have a vague idea that this is the parameters of the story. Obviously, if you're writing about an aphrodisiac which gets out of control, it's going to be about sex. Yeah. But uh, the story is very life-enhancing, I think, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, about, uh, it's about a man who, who, is, who is becoming more and more open to, to, to the world and less and less himself. Mm-hmm. He, he is less and less relevant as, a, as an individual, as a person. Uh, like the greatest sex in the world, sort of in, in our lives, uh, uh, erases us to some degree, doesn't it? We 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 roll away, from, you know, from the beloved and, and lie on the pillow, feeling marvelously in, 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 indifferent to being ourselves. Oh, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of it that way at all. I guess you're just—it's it's just all the chemicals, just sort of in your brain, or just kind yeah, of yeah. Like well, they are. They call it the, the French call, the French call it the, the petit mort, right? right? Of course. And you know what is that about? If it isn't about erasia, uh, you know, about the the, the gentle, comforting uh, feeling that it isn't that important to be me. That's really interesting that you sort of lose your. So you're, you're, you, you sort of you lose your individuality yes. to this like collective sexual consciousness. Yeah, and firstly, the first the first gift is to the other, is to the beloved. So the beloved is giving to you; you're giving to the beloved. And there's a smearing, there's a there's a there's a, a, a gentle, loving. Uh, 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 I don't want to say a because that's too strong, but uh, yes, a smearing of of, of, of of taking two pastel colors and rubbing them together to get a, a lovely third one. Yeah, which doesn't have a name, you know, because it's not a person anymore. It's just a being. It's being. It is being. Is so, that sort of what the? I mean, would you say that Hellraiser was my first? Um, Hellraiser right. was my first, and for a lot of people too, sure. I would imagine. You know that that movie. I saw every Hellraiser movie. I fucking love the Cenobites. I love Pinhead. Pinhead's a really shitty hard character to cosplay as. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I've seen people do it. Like, I've been to, uh, you know, I've been to masquerade balls, and I, like, if you see a pinhead, you're like, oh, fuck, that guy's serious, because that's really hard to do. Yeah. But do they, but there is that sort of, um, you know, the pleasure and the pain and being ripped apart. They're basically, would you say that they're, are the Cenobites, like, torture demons, or are they sexual demons, or what is it that they represent? Well, I think they, they represent uh, the extremes of, 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 of sensuality. What happens if you push your, your, your definitions of desire to places which are uh, 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 less, uh, less uh, brave souls would, would not go? Yeah. And I think, that, you know, we, we do that. You know, human beings do that. I mean, there's a certain kind of human being who, who, who you know, won't get out of the missionary position ever, right? right? Let's go earlier. There's, there's a certain kind of human being who doesn't have sex at all. You know, but you know, people in, 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 in uh, you know, uh, 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 monasteries and nunneries, you know, uh, and the Vatican. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've just heard. Um, but, but, but then there's another kind of human being who is very conservative about the sexual. Options, and then you know there's there's a there's a there's a uh, a, a rolling uh, a, a rolling 
wheel of possibilities which gets more and more uh, 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 ambitious for what the body can do, what the senses can do. And uh, I think everybody has a, a different place they will go or different places they will go. I think as we grow older, we maybe find ourselves uh, open to options that we wouldn't have maybe in, in thought too much about an earlier age. Um, I just think that, that, that there's something joyful about the body. Uh, the body gives us great pain, of course, uh, uh, and great reasons to panic and, 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 and so on. But if we only look on the dark side, if we only look on that side, then we're only seeing half the picture, aren't we? The, the body also gives us joy, it also gives us bliss, it also gives us reason to celebrate. If it's only just looking across at somebody who's naked, who, who you think is beautiful when naked. Um, uh, that's a, that's a, a wonderful thing. And, and, and I think it could not give us that degree of pleasure if it did not also have to give us pain. They're tied together. That, I, th- I think people will try to avoid pain more than they'll get pleasure. Oh, of course they will, yeah. but what I, I, it's not about avoidance or anything. It's what, what, the fact of what you've got. Right. You know, what, what, yeah, yeah. What you, it's, it's no use trying to avoid it. It's got to come anyway. Well, it, it, I mean, just with, your, with where your brain goes and thinking of the... Thinking of like someone solving the puzzle box, and then all of a sudden these choop, 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 all right. these hooks into, and then cut to you're in a hospital, and then you have all this shit hanging out of yeah. you. I mean, it, was there any? It, it must have sort of seemed like, did I? Am I? Did I write this? Am I imagining this? This is like you this know, it really horror. Never did. Now, only now, nineteen months later, you make that connection. I think that's a very smart connection Chris made. I never, it never even occurred to me. But you're right. You're absolutely right. I should have made that connection. But I'm, I can make a very clear distinction in my head between what is fantasy and what isn't. I mean, I, otherwise, I think you'd go nuts. You know, I mean, you, you've got to keep everything in, 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 in place, haven't you? Otherwise, otherwise, you could, you, I, I would go nuts if I couldn't distinguish yeah. clearly between, oh, well, this is fantasy, this is reality. So the entire the entire three weeks that you were under. There was, you don't remember any, there was no Nothing. dream, there was no, it was basically just a state of non-existence. Yes, exactly. Which is a bit disappointing, I think. Because <laughs> you want, you hear the stories yeah. where people are like, oh, I was transported to this yeah. other dimension and I... Nothing. Damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Now, now, that is to say I didn't have the experience and forgot about it. Which sure, possible, sure, sure. You know, but, but no, nothing. But let's Occam's Razor this for a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> If you don't, you know... It, it's, 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 it's a great sadness to me that I, I never mentioned anything today. The only thing that you mentioned was after coming out, you had a hallucination based on that film. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was more than a hallucination. That that was when I was here, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I almost died a second time here when I came back here, right? Yeah. The the following Friday, was it? Yeah, because we brought you home and and you went right back to it and then you collapsed again. Yeah. And so... Yeah, entirely my own fault. But it was Friday, the Friday... Uh, maybe a week after. Yeah, about. And I was I was lying in this bed in this corner, and uh, this is not my normal sleeping place. But um, at that point, I couldn't get upstairs and downstairs. And uh, my dogs wanted to be with me, and I wanted to be with my dogs. So it just seemed to be better to keep me down here for a while. I'll eventually go back upstairs again when I feel well enough. But we're not there yet, so. I remember lying in this bed and a whole bunch of things coming together and, I, and uh, 
in a, in a, in really one of the very few nightmares I've ever had. I've had so few nightmares in my life, or things that I would define as a nightmare. Mm-hmm. This was, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is as bad as it gets for me anyway. And if I'm being coy about saying what it was, it's because it's going to be uh, an, a book. And, and, uh, and I don't want to spoil the contents because uh, some of it was very, uh, very personal about, it was about, well, this part I, I, I can tell you, I dreamed I was dead in bed here. And I dreamed that outside uh, a large gang of my, my, my followers and my friends and my fans and my family uh, had assembled, knowing that I was dead. And then I actually got up from the bed, walked through everybody who was in the room, because I knew about half a dozen people in the room at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked out of the house unnoticed through everybody and out into the, the, the street. And it was very, very windy. It was the evening. It was very windy and, and cold, and, uh, which it was at the time. Right, it was March or whatever. Right, the great gray beast. Yeah, right, exactly. And and I, I had seen a movie uh, which Mark had, had led to me called Education for Death. Education for Death, which is. Do you want to tell yeah, us what, what is Education for Death? It's a it's a it's a short film uh, that was an anti-Nazi propaganda film, and it, it's it's about the process by which the the Nazi the Third Reich would train your children to become Nazis. And it's oh. terrifying. So it, yeah, so it was it stay away from Germany, from stay away from, the, from that threat because all they're going to do is teach your kids for death. And the final shot is millions upon millions of, of adolescent children uh, marching in, in, the, in the full Nazi oh, rebellion. Jesus. And, but along the way, uh, a number of the Third Reich, uh, uh, you know, uh, high command turn into various animals. They turn into pigs. They turn into goats. They mm-hmm. turn into. It's it's quite like the the the, the night on the Bald mountain sequence from Fantasia. Do you remember that yeah. sequence? You know where the where the devil gathers all these things up from hell and they they dance on his hands. Yes, and, you know that's exactly the same imagery. It's interesting. It was made at the same time, 1941, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. uh, and uh, Disney. Yeah, yeah. and Disney. Uh, yeah, and Disney, of course. Yeah. Uh, and it, so, and, and they were carrying carts full of corpses. These little pulling carts full of corpses. I cannot emphasize how strong this imagery is. I wish we had something to show Chris. We don't have it, do we? No. 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 I'll dig it up online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The internet will not fail me. I'll find it. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 this will make a lot more sense when you see it. The color values, everything is just incredibly dark and grim. And, and so I take that imagery... I go outside into the into the street, and what I find is there, there's a there's a factionalizing going on outside. There's a battle going on between my my people, my mourners, my celebrants, and the forces of evil, who are culled from the movie. And it was horrible. And when I woke up, uh, I could still see. Some elements I could still see vultures in the room, in this room. So I was still having that part. That part of it carried over into reality, and I was lying here, basically hallucinating. Over, you know, God knows what my temperature was, and and uh, 
It wasn't making much sense, was it, Mark? No. Was it, was, it, was it just a fever hallucination or like from the drugs or from the coma or would you have any... I have... I, there were so many reasons it could have been. I don't think it was from drugs because they were... You know, I was... I don't know what drugs I was on. I suppose I was on a lot. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there was just... This... I don't know. But, but I, I doubt they would have... They I think it was an imagination which had been, you know, was released into a place where it needed to act again. I'd been... I'd been... Uh, I'd been... Uh, what are you looking at? It's showing me imagery from the film. I forgot I put it on my Instagram. Just the little kids, just little yeah. kids. See the like... animals? Are the animals here? Uh, I can Google it. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just you understand hugely uh, how this how this imagery worked because this is a dark room, but it's a dark room full of images I like. Well, and not only that, but this is a room that I assume you spend most of your time in right now. All my time. No, there, there's. Really, just kind of a modest-sized television over yeah. there. Your computer's over there. I don't yeah. see a laptop, but what I do see is a lot of uh, papers and, yeah. and and a couple different notebooks yeah. and and so you. No, do, I handwrite everything. You handwrite everything. Yeah, yeah. I always have every novel is handwritten, every poem or whatever. Oh yeah, Mark showed me the original Hellbound. Oh really? Text, yeah, yeah. Like, fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, did it change? I mean, up to that point. You know everything. Your everything was going in one direction, I'm sure, yes. and then all of a sudden, you mean after 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 the, everything's dramatically changed, and it did it. Do you still do you still feel like yourself, or did, does the pre coma Clive feel like oh that was kind of a different guy? This has changed me in very, this way. Very 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 smart question, and it's a very very hard one to answer because because I'm not who I am. I think it's hard to answer what I was. Right. I think you need to ask a third person. I think you need to ask Mark because I think Mark was there for. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I think we all we all changed. It was yes. There, there is nothing. Well, talk about that. Then. There is nothing now that is the same as it was then. Go on. It's it was a it was it was a tough time. Oh and, God! Yeah. Oh God! For everybody. Yeah. So everyone essentially changed at the same time. So it's difficult to. Yeah. Well, I was. I you know everybody assumed including me that I was not going to make it. I was going to die, and so. Uh, even when I came back, you know, there were still a lot of people saying, you know, you, you got to be very careful, Chum, because, you know, it would only take one misstep and you'd be down. And, uh... Does that scare you, or are you sort of like, well, ah, fuck it, at this point, I've already kicked, you know, I've already gotten past it. Pretty much that. Yeah, I wouldn't say fuck it, but I would say I am cautious, I'm more cautious than I was, but I feel like I'm going to, I've survived this one. And I think it, it was a tough one to survive. It really was. Yes? Yeah. But we fucking made it. <laughs> and, we, and the we is important because I would not have done this were it not for, you know, my love and Johnny and, and for, for this man. And I was surrounded and, my, and for my daughter. And, and they were with me for weeks. Weeks. And uh, a lot of the time I was, I was speaking and I wasn't making any sense. And, yeah, I was coaxed back to the land of the of the of the of the, of the, the sensible uh, by the loving hearts of people who who put me ahead of themselves, which was would make me cry even now if I wasn't you know in company. Uh, that's a, a big thing that's changed. I am a much more empathic man than I used to be. I think mm-hmm. I care a lot more about. 
looking at other people's situations that, because I realized when I got so sick that I was being that a lot of people were sacrificing a huge amount that I would not die they were sacrificing the rhythms of their lives, their love affairs their, you know, all kinds of other things and that was, that is, that remains very moving, you know and so does part of you sort of feel like not just for yourself but you want to sort of get you know, get well for them and make it better yeah in fact that's the only reason to get well uh, I've never I don't do a lot of press I don't do a lot of uh, first person singular talking sure you know uh, I'm not interested in that terribly uh, this is the first time I've talked about this for instance after 19 months right mm-hmm. I haven't done a, a, a piece of the Guardian asked uh, right when you came out. Say again? The Guardian asked when right. you came out. And right. said, no. you know, we're not, we're not ready for that. Well, this is, a good, this is a good way to do it because it's your words and it's the way that you right. want to tell the story. It's not, it's not um, a, a media outlet kind of taking the right. bits that they want to the build words. the story. Yes. This is yeah. just you saying yeah. this is, I mean, yeah. almost probably slightly therapeutic in a way, but also for your fans. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, there's been so many misrepresentations, so many people saying the wrong things. You know, tell, you know, telling it the wrong way. Uh, it's quite nice to be able to put it the right way. It's lovely to have Mark here because he is the other part of this equation. You know, it's uh, people do not live and die alone. We live and die as part of a, a cabal, uh, you know, a, 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 a little clan, either a family or, a, 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 I suppose, in the simplest, a, a relationship between you and your lover or you and your dog, you know. Uh, but, you do, you know, everything... You see life in the eyes of those who love you, your life in the eyes of those who love you, and you see your death in the eyes of those who love you. When you were, uh, you were at the hospital, it's like two weeks in, so he's still a week out or so from, from, from surfacing. From, from surfacing. Yeah. At that point, were you still hopeful, or were you st- starting to feel like... Oh. There was no... It was weird because... He's he's like a force of nature, and you know you don't. I I can't, and I still can't, even though I have the image in my mind. I can't picture him be not being here or not being, uh, you know. The, the ah, that's that, a really interesting point of view. If it, yeah, that must be sort of boy, what a way to kind of face your own mortality through you through this person that you're like. Well, fuck, if it could happen to that guy, exactly. Like, what fucking chance do I have? He's the guy that's supposed to be invincible. That's yeah. right. Well, he kind of is because he's still here and <laughs> he, he won't you know. I, I did take Johnny across the ward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's I true. Could, One uh, of the first day he came out, he kicked Johnny in the ass. <laughs> his boyfriend, he's, he's by his side. He's like, baby, you're coming. You're coming too. And because he's hallucinating, and he just goes. Get away from me! And he just starts kicking it. Which, which ironically was probably a very positive sign. Hey, he yeah. can move, he can kick. He's back. He's going to be okay. okay. Johnny was, was shocked but not offended. Yeah, for no you close know, you know, uh, I guess the guy's back, you know. <laughs> I'm getting tired, guys. I, I'm sorry I am. Um, can we do this in two bites? Is this possible to do? Do you live a long way away? No, not that far. Because uh, I feel like... I'm losing my energy. That's totally fine. You know what? That's actually a great idea because 
It seems like we talked about one thing. We talked about one thing. Another and I can, thing to talk about. Let's schedule another time, and then we'll come back, and then we'll talk about the stuff you're working on now. We'll talk about writing. We'll talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. Is that and okay? Then, and then yeah. tag it together. I think that'd be great, because I'd rather, I'd rather have the time to get into that than cut it short and not have. So I'm glad that you want okay. us to come back. And I'm glad that I, you gave me the chance to talk about this with you, know, with you guys being so witty and Mark being here and, and a sense that... that it was being treated seriously, but not too seriously. You know that we could all have a laugh at it because I'm still alive in the land. Well, of it's you know the, it's that when when people are like, no, let's let's okay. just take. It. Then you're like, oh please. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. you fucking didn't I go through enough of that yeah, shit? Yeah, of course. But <laughs> so so wonderful and so fascinating, and and I appreciate that you're willing to talk about it, and and it, I think people are going to really. Well, I, I think you know, I, which which absolutely tell you the truth, nobody is, nobody has been nobody has the has what. What happened in the detail that we've just explained it to you? So this really is a a first time and an older time. Actually, I won't talk about it again after this. It's been, a, it's been a year since we were here, which I can't believe. It's yeah, been like a year. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, you're getting around a lot better than yeah, you I were. Was, I was not doing well back then. Well, a year ago, yes. Absolutely. So how are you feeling now? Uh, you know, I still have some issues, health issues, but I'm getting better. Did they ever figure out? Nothing? No? No. No. Just goes on going on. But let's not talk about health because it's still just so depressing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean I I am getting better, Mark, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um I mean look at all the look at all the shit we got coming in. Yeah. Well you basically this room before was sort of a was almost like a makeshift lounge room. Right. And now you've now this is actually this looks like your bedroom workspace. Yeah it is. Yeah. And, and you know, I've got a lot of projects which are, you know, in, in, in progress, yeah. you know, uh, drawings. Since I saw you, I've probably made about. Go on, guess, Mark. Uh, how, how many, many paintings? Yeah. Oh. Uh, since you saw a thousand, Jesus. I mean that's that's conservative. That's that's probably a lot, a lot of images. Yeah, at, at the very least, at that. Not not this size, I should no, say. No, you no, know, no. Not not this big, not as big as the four by three behind me, but nevertheless, big pictures. I think you know. Do you just do you just get up in the morning and you start drawing and painting pretty and then much. until you go to bed? Pretty, well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's no use me planning those things because uh, planning those things just always ends up in disaster. <laughs> when I plan stuff, it doesn't it doesn't work. So I have to just let it be, uh, take its own time. Yeah, yeah. And how have you felt the? How's the process been in the last year? It's never easy. It's never comfortable. It's never happy. It's always. Uh, grinding your teeth and, and saying that's bullshit and throwing shit away and then there's people come by and say you're throwing that away <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and talking about me uh, yes I am <laughs> and you know uh, several pictures you know have been saved from the fire as it were by yeah. Mark and uh, several pictures that Mark now owns have been saved from the fire mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy about that I mean he was, he was right and I was wrong you know I'm very very critical, as most artists are, and in the moment of finishing things, I'm very often hypercritical, mm-hmm. and I'll say, "Ah, just that is such bullshit, Clive," and and you know, oh, you know, and the the, the the garbage can is really close by, and right? It's it's, it's it's siren song calls to me, you know. See, that's a mark. You got to be smart. You got to put the trash can like up the stairs. Oh, it does. Right in the <laughs> there is no there is no t- there is no garbage can, you know. But Mark is very smart about knowing what what. 
is preservable and what is genuinely, I think, am I right? Genuinely not yeah, good. I'll, I'll agree that I'm very, I'm very smart about many yeah, things. Yeah, and he's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And he, he'll, he'll let me, he'll let me, he'll, he'll, he'll engage me in a debate on, on occasion about what the, the, what the values are of a picture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on occasion, uh, I'll win the debate and the picture goes in the garbage, but not very often. Is it when is do you get mad at a piece when you when you step back and look at it as a whole or you go ah there's this one little brushstroke that I just don't like and now it's all ruined? Actually, no. I, I actually get no. I, I'm I'm at peace with that. Okay. I think uh, you know denying denying the value of a piece for the for the for the sake of a, a brushstroke uh, is perverse. Uh, what I will tend to do is uh, not like a piece because I missed. Uh, a sense of what it's for, a sense of its higher purpose, if you will. I don't have a. I will. I, I, I will. I will start out with a, a, a plan for what a picture is going to be or should be, and, and miss it by a mile. And then I just feel frustrated that I didn't say anything of worth in the picture, and that that's irritating. But I, but I will if I see something of worth and there's a couple of bad, you know, brushstrokes. Hey, that's fine. I mean, are, uh, but are you the best person to determine what the worth is, do you think? Or should that be... Probably not. Right. But, but I am the one sitting in the room with the painting. <laughs> you know, and the knife. Right. <laughs> the ultimate, and the book of matches. Exactly. The ultimate, you know, the ultimate choice is that lies with me. Um, I'm a lot more uh, conservative now about the judgments I make. Uh, because... The book that you've just seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, I, I left Thomas to make those choices about the pictures that are in that book. I think there are 75 paintings in there, are there? Something like that? I think, I think around Something there. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, of many thousands. Thomas DeGoven, our, uh, our gallery, uh, Clive's art representative. Awesome man, awesome man. And, and I felt like he was going to put this book together, he was going to fund it, he was going to make the, the whole thing the package of, of aesthetics that it is. And I thought, well, you know, I should let him make the choice. If, if there's something I don't like, I'll kick and scream. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there wasn't. The book came out pretty much with his choices intact, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there were pictures in there that I'd actually thrown away. Oh, really? Yeah. And you were not, okay with it? Not that? many, I have to say. I mean, uh, two, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there, there was one that I actually thrown away and another which I forgotten about completely and had, had, had not even finished in my head uh, but actually Thomas adored the picture I mean really you know argued vociferously for it and that's where your point is exactly valid and, you know what, what does one person you know one person's uh, you know meets another person's poison sure and and uh, I uh, I'm not perhaps the best person to judge um, I am uh, I came to painting late as you know I didn't start painting until I was in my 40s. Um, uh, though I'd always been drawing and, you know, making sketches and things. I hadn't made any other paintings or, or, or uh, acrylics. I've certainly done, done nothing on this scale. Mm-hmm. And so it was, uh, it's been a, a journey in the last 20 years to uh, educate myself into what... The, where, where the value of the, of, of the work lies, you know? Or, or is it important that I love it, or is it important that somebody else loves it? I think it's more important that somebody who's going to have it on the wall loves it than sure. I love it, you know? Uh, on the other hand, um, there are some pieces which I just cannot 
abide being in the world. Of course. <laughs> you know? Such is life. Well, that's the sort of interesting thing about like who is the art? Who is art for? Is it for the person telling the story, or is it for another? Because I'm sure a lot of times the baggage that you bring to something or the story yep. that you're trying to tell is not a, maybe may not be at all what someone else sees because they bring their own set of uh, circumstances. And Inevitably, you know, you have to say if somebody's going to pay, you know, fifty grand for a picture, right? Yeah, they, they're going to like that picture. <laughs> you know, they deserve to like that picture. On the other hand, if I'm Painting the picture that has my name on, I want to feel that I can justify its existence. Of course. You know? And do you find that that's different? I mean, how does that feel different for you than writing now? The same deal. Exactly the same deal. Exactly the same. You know, do I feel comfortable with... I won't give anything to people in the larger audience unless I'm comfortable with it, unless I know that it's good. On the other hand, if somebody comes to me later on and says, oh, God, I love... So, so, and I felt yeah, about it, um, then I won't consider myself educated. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, uh, are, are you kind of in the process now of you paint something and then you go, I think I have to write about this? Tell me what you mean by that. So you've, you, you, you construct a painting, you tell a story with yes. a painting, you go, you know what, I think I need to express this in a different medium. I need to tell a larger... Well, Aberat was that. Aberat was always that. Aberat was, you know, making paintings and then oh, wow, I need to tell stories about that. But that's the only time. Yeah. And so where are you now? I mean, is there any ultimate goal, or is it just I just need to churn out as many pieces as I feel every day to... Uh, I, I perhaps would be... I, w- I would uh, withdraw from the word churn out. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, but, it just seems like the volume of paintings that you've done in the last year yes. feels like, you know... Yeah. I mean, that's like... This is basically two or three a day. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of pictures. I, yeah, I agree. I, I can't stop. It's as simple as that. I can't stop. What do you think would happen if, if, you, if, if Mark tied your hands on and like, you can't paint today? What do you think would happen to your brain? I think I'd be, you know, on Thoreau's Eve pretty quickly. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I think that, you know, artists uh, need an out for their imagination, sure. inevitably. Has this helped the healing process? I don't know. I don't. I don't even want to go there. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I. You know, that's, that's too complex to ask. I mean, yeah. For me to know, put yeah. it that way. Yeah. And how do you feel like you've evolved in the last year? Same question. Ask my friends. <laughs> How's he evolved in the last year, Mark? Uh, well, he, he's. Uh, the the paintings I'd say are different, but I mean they're. They're just they're fucking raw and they're 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 incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that there will be scores of paintings that you'll never show anyone that are just for that are just for you, or you want everyone to see them? Not that I can see them. No, there'll be a few inevitably. Yeah. But no, no. Uh, you should you should concentrate on this guy. He's he's, he's getting away with murder here because he does have insights that he doesn't. He's not sharing with us. What are you not sharing, Mark? Nothing, Sitting over nothing. there all smug. Just How dare you? Watching an interview. <laughs> yeah, mean, he is. A, he's the one. He's been close to this process longer than anybody. Yeah. What do you, What do you see, Mark? Uh, I see. I. I, he's not kidding, though. The, uh, he, he would need Thorazine if, if I tied his hands down. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what have you learned? Uh, I've, I've learned from this man. I've learned how to be a better uh, everything, a better writer, a better imaginer. Uh, I've learned that uh, he sort of views the world like a man 
uh, dreaming while he's awake. And, oh wow, that's a really good way to put that. And uh, and every time I uh, I give a tour of the office and I show them you know the paintings that are downstairs and, and everything that uh, that he's accomplished you know that you have the 40, 40 novels and paintings and and uh, dozens of films and. Uh, you know the the body of work is is so impressive. People say, "Geez, I uh, you know it, it it makes me feel like I haven't done that much with my life." And I turn to them and I go, "No, no, no, you you don't understand. It's not. It, it's it's just he can't he can't not do it. Right. It's it's coming at him so fast that he just." It's all he can do to get it out in time. Does it ever get annoying? Where you're like, "Please just give me a minute to not." Clive nods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. It gets exhausting. Totally exhausting. Do you ever have to get up in the middle of the night and do it? There or... isn't the middle of the night. Okay. <laughs> that would uh, that would connote sleep. Yeah. You know, I I work all the time. You know, I, I you know, yeah. There is no middle of the night. There is no middle of the day. There's just a, there's just time. Bathroom breaks in between paintings. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes I just piss on the canvas. Can we take a break for a moment? Sure. Yeah. I just want to pro- you know prioritize. You're, we're gonna be we're gonna be fine. Okay. I, I think it's you know without without focusing on health too much. It's just the way that these podcasts are gonna lay out. Is yes. I'm gonna put last year's up. And then tack this on to the end. It's like then we caught up a year later. Got it. Last year. You were very generous with your time, and at a certain point, you said, "You know what? I'm just too, I'm tired. I got to yeah, go." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we, just because of the nature of our schedules, we're here almost exactly a year later, and right. so it's just really interesting to catch up. And it was. Well, what, got, where do you see the differences? Um, well, first of all, you seem a lot more up right. than you were. Like you could barely even get up the stairs last right. year. Right, and right, now, right. now you're you tooled up the stairs. Yeah, you yeah, have, yeah, you yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, we were, we were in the. I, I remember we were having this really interesting conversation about, you know, that when you came back, um, the direction we were heading in with the conversation was, you know, what was your first fear? Was it is my mind is gone? I don't know if I'm going to have this art. And then you had it, and you and then that seemed to you know, and you were uh, you almost got a little emotional, Mark. You were like, we you know. Because obviously Ridiculous. the relationship between you guys is is so um, tight. It's, it's so tight and sweet and intimate and wonderful and and you know you were there like you're basically you're the family like you guys yeah you know family for each other yeah you know I mean you know you know you have Stephanie and you know and and, and I and I have you know my family you know uh, but all together it's a it's a it's a single family right yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you want to talk about that? A brotherhood. A brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> a brotherhood that turns into, you know, uh, uh, wives and husbands and, you know, and all those things. Uh, it seems to me that the, 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 the commonality is, is, is making good art. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, love, I, I, love, I love this man because he's, he puts art before, uh, before his own comfort. As I do, and and and, and I I think that's uh, I think that's kind of rare these days, uh, you know, particularly this town where this town seems you know this town seems in love with its own uh, ease, mm-hmm. its own comfort. Yeah, and uh, this is the comfortable house to live in. I think. Well, comfort know. comfort can be dangerous, you know. When you get yes. too, when you get too comfortable, yes. then yeah. you, you're not inspired to grow, and when you're not growing, then you start to wither. 
uh, yes, I mean it's it's Bolivian movies. Movies are are about the the, the financial imperative. Of movies course. is to actually do something that is going to make you lots of money or make money for the studio. And if you don't do that uh, the right way, uh, you don't get to make another movie. Right. Um, that's why I like making paintings. That's why I like writing. When I start to paint. Nobody is pushing me. Nobody is saying, "Okay, it has to be this way. It has to be that way." Right. I just go do it. Right. You take you have full ownership over it. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether whether they like it or not, I'm doing it. Right. It doesn't cost much to make. Right. You know, there isn't a, a massive overhead, uh, and, and uh, I just got the parrot telling me what to do out there. <laughs> um, uh, she's yelling, "Hello!" Um, <laughs> it's hello. <laughs> The this household is about animals and people and us. Yeah, I mean it's it's so funny that you know there's so much. Uh, if you just if you just looked at the art, you'd be like, wow, there's some dark themes here. But there's actually, but it's all, but there's so much life in it at the same time. I think uh, that thank you. That's that's, that's that's well put. Where, where do you see the darkness particularly? Is it because people? Well, this guy right here. Yeah. This, no, this 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 mask here. He was he was he was. It has to be said, uh, a, a commission for the cover of Fangoria. Oh, fantastic! So uh, he has particular year roots. That was uh, uh, eight years ago. That was actually the first night Was mentioned. it really? Yeah, that was the first time you hinted. No, six six years ago. Wow. And that was that wow. was wow. Like, that was the very first hint that there might be a night breed coming out. You know, that's what's exciting, isn't it? You know. We have so much coming down the, the pike, and then you know the nightbreed thing is, is is the big thing. So you found a bunch of footage that you thought you lost. We found all. Oh, of it. Yeah, we found every, everything. <laughs> yeah, and we found the whole movie. Where? All kinds of places. Uh, what? What? what where was the where was the stuff that Fox had? That was in, it. Was in some uh, some Kentucky vault. Yeah, in the middle of America. How did you track that down? It just we kept we kept trying. We Doggy kept trying. Yeah, we finally found a, a, a distributor, a Scream Factory. Uh, that oh yeah, willing, of course. That was willing yeah. to front the costs uh, of you know putting someone on the field to, to search for this, and they they just they sent their you know their uh, their workers out there and, and we finally got a hit back. Was it Kentucky? I think it was like Ohio, Ohio something, okay. yeah, something like that. I mean, we found some here, but it was very, very bad. Yeah, you know, that very was bad VHS quality, we found. You know? But that proved, you know, that that it existed. Uh, but what's what's uh, bizarre is they only found the film footage. We didn't find any audio. So, so <laughs> luckily Jesus. we found the VHS tapes, which had the audio. Okay. So we're we're. I mean, it was this awesome restoration job where we have this. You know, and it is totally film. resurrected. Yeah. It's totally. What it should be. Yeah. So you you started from the ground up again with it. I don't. I'm not gonna say I did. He did. Uh-huh. Mark did. This is Mark's. You know, great achievement. Well, one of Mark's great achievements is 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 the is the reconstruction of a movie that I thought was you know dead, face down in the water. I really did. Yeah. I didn't think it had a hope in hell of ever being reconstructed. Uh, never mind totally. Even a little bit. Yeah. As it turns out, it is totally reconstructed. It's sweet. <laughs> it's sweet to actually look at it that way and see, wow, they tried to break this down, but it comes back. And it comes back because people wanted it, not just Mark, yeah. but the people who, who, who uh, you know, who, who uh, created... Uh, they created the, the movement. Created Occupy Midian. Oh, yeah, the, the whole <laughs> Occupy Midian site. I mean, that was ground roots, you know? That was... That was, that was 
people who just wanted the wanted to see the movie again, wanted the movie to be visible to them the way that I intended it, and they never knew that, never seen that. So, what was your intention, and what was it that happened? Like, what what was the disparity between those two points? Oh, it's we need to sit down for a long time to talk about that because <laughs> there's actually a huge amount of difference between those two between the movies that they put out. A bastardized movie that they put out and the picture that we've now got and which will come out on... on, on uh, we talk about it on the commentary track. We right, go, yeah. We go into great detail. Okay. Yeah, okay, and, you know, it will be very clear to people when, when, they, when they see the movie, I think, how very different the picture is. I can't wait to see it because I saw Nightbreed in the theater. I remember no seeing kidding. Nightbreed in the theater. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. So I, I'm actually... And I still remember it. I think that's... You know... I, it, it, it's lovely that you like the movie enough to be to remember, remember remember it after all this time. But I think there's something we have waiting in the wings, which is going to surprise you, which is that, that there's an emotional weight to the movie now, which there always was in the in the in my original intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a love in the movie uh, between. Boone and, and Laurie, but between the audience and and and, and the Nightbreed, yeah. uh, which was simply fucked up uh, when he, when it came out in the first version. Now I think we've got that. Now the love is intact. The love is back. So was this sort of a uh, was this kind of a love letter for you to, to reconstruct this? Oh, I, are you kidding me? I mean, it started out as a uh, just from a. a purely, you know, uh, uh, interested perspective. I just wanted to see it. Right. Uh, and, I mean, I, when he when he gave me the green light to, to try and start looking for it, I just, I was like a dog with a bone. I wasn't, I mean, you know, here we are six years later. Uh, it took that long. It took that long. And it took a lot of disappointment. Yeah. You know, a, a lot the, of no's, yeah. a lot of no one's going to want that. And, uh, and, and a lot of wouldn't. people say, I don't know where it is. Sorry, I have no idea where it is, you know? And Yeah, and I don't care to try to find it. And he was so dogged, he was so loving, he was so after this thing until he got it. Yeah. And, uh, and here we are. Yeah, it's amazing. And I don't think I understood fully until we, the, the night we finished recording the commentary track, I, I pulled out my VHS copy. I was like, all right, now that we're here, can you sign this for me? And, and he looked at me and he goes, now that we're here, it doesn't hurt to sign these. <laughs> what if he was like, no. <laughs> I, took I don't want to sign anything right now. I got now. down on my knee. Jesus Christ, I let you remake the movie. Now I got to fucking sign <laughs> what this What else box? do you want from me, Jesus for God's Christ. sake? It's a wonderful feeling. What is this work of art back here of, of Dreams of Midian with the, with the uh. huge cock? <laughs> that's a great piece. What is that? That's, uh, that's our friends at Class Comics. When, yeah. they, when they heard we, uh, we'd released the, uh, the, the director's cut, they sent us a piece of... Uh, a lot. A piece of art. That is a great piece of art, because I saw the, the rough drawing for it in the other yeah, room, yeah, right? Yeah, and this yeah. is a finished ink piece. That's, that's so Isn't fantastic. That, great? fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they do uh, erotic uh, comic books. Yeah, erotic comic books. I mean, books. you know, when I people the people listening will understand this. When I say like, it, like throbbing Tardis blue cock, uh, it's it's amazing. Tardis blue, I love that. <laughs> very specific. It's a very specific color. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very specific color. Oh boy, I love that. And we love that you love that. Oh, so what's yeah. the uh, so the so the it comes out uh, October twenty eighth. October twenty eighth. Yeah. 
And then, are you guys going to do an event or something around this? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we've got a, we've got some screenings lined up. We have one at uh, Specter Fest, which mm-hmm. is Elijah Woods uh, yeah. festival. That'll be great. Uh, yeah, at the at the, at the Senate Family uh, in the middle of October. Are you going to travel at Are you going to be traveling at all? I don't travel? think so. Yeah. I, it'd be hard to do that, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, my heart is absolutely with this. I can't think of a project I feel more. Possessed by, sure, and more supportive of than this. This is my, this is the, this is this is the prodigal son. Is this as satisfied as you can ever possibly feel? Because you must, you must mostly feel dissatisfaction a lot of the time. It right? feels very satisfying. Yes, it does. It really does. It feels just like a sweet revenge. Are you okay with feeling satisfied, or does that is that weird? I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just pass me a cigarette. We'll talk about it later. Okay, good. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> I just mean, you know, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, you. No, I'm kidding. I know what you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course, it is. Of course, it's satisfying. You know, once in a while, you want to feel it came out the way you wanted it to come out. Right. It doesn't matter if what next time it doesn't. Yeah. Well, you. you I feel like you need. You know, obviously you don't get those every time, but you no. need them every so often to keep going. Like, otherwise, okay, it's possible. Yeah, it's, dark, it's all a dark tunnel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. Good. It's a good feeling. So what's your what's your schedule for the rest of the day? Are you going to, do you have another, are you going to chat with someone else and then paint some more? There's a desk waiting for me and a painting waiting for me. And uh, next door, if Mark will take you through, as you, as you go past the dogs, you'll see that that's, that's where all the paintings reside on yeah. their way out to, to the next room. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot more paintings. And the book, uh, Imaginer. The book is gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for signing it for me. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for this. No, of course. I mean, listen, it, you know, uh, it, I, I feel like I want to check in on you every so often to make sure you're... Do so. To make sure you're Please, doing okay. you're welcome. You're very welcome. So in general, you... Because, you know... Obviously, the way the last, last podcast left off, yes. people would be very worried about you. Yes, yes. They, but, they, they don't need to be worried. I'm here, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, do, I'm doing my thing. Good. Yeah, yeah. And you feel like the, the determination with which <laughs> you went after Nightbreed is essentially, like, that's the, it, that's the spark that's keeping you going. That's, that's evidence, I think, of where, where my head is at. Yeah. You know, don't fuck with me. I'm still alive. <laughs> I mean, that's what is it like? What is it? Do you think about what's inside you that makes that happen? Because so many people could have given up. So many other people could have said, "Ah, fuck this! I don't. I just don't feel like doing it." Like, what is it that keeps you going? I never analyze those things because if I do, I think they, they sort of die inside me. I, pr- I prefer to just get on and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So just be. Just be, and not, don't ask. Too many questions. Mark knows this. I'm, yeah, very, I'm yeah. very much an anti. So you don't get in the way. Yeah, I don't get in the way of myself. Yeah, you that's know? really hard to do sometimes, though. Like, how the fuck do you get out of your own brain's way sometimes? Very hard. I agree. But on the other hand, uh, the best thing I think you can do is 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 hope that you, your instinct is correct, mm-hmm. and and just uh, leave leave yourself to do to do what it. Leave your leave your guts to do what they know best, mm-hmm. and uh, that seems to work for me for the last thirty years or so. And I'm going to leave it that way. Good. Yeah. Well, I thank you again for sitting down and chatting with us, catching pleasure. up, and My then uh, we'll check in with you. And then when you know when Nightbreed comes out, yeah, I, yeah. I really would love to see it on the big screen.
We'll laugh. So if you're doing an extended family, then I'm gonna I gotta okay. sneak in there. Yeah, you, you, I'd, l- I'd love to hear what you think when you've seen it. I, I honestly, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. It's it's pretty fucking awesome. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, well done. Thank you. And that's that man. That is really short. That all kudos <laughs> to, to Mark because really this thing would not have happened without Mister. Well, it's nice to see Mark Mr. smiling Mark. this time because last time there was definitely this like. You know, I could see the, you know, like the weight of everything. And it'd so, be a long journey. It'd yeah. be a long journey yeah. for all of us. To see, you know, to see like, oh, well, here we are, you know. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> yeah. We made it. And you're, you're saying, we're hey, we made it, Mark said, uh, <laughs> But no, wait, we're here. We're, we're, we're you know, on upward. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks everyone. Guys. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.